Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber. I'm Shaylee Evans, and I'm a life coach for pets and their people. I'm a truth seeker, and it's my passion to empower others and to give animals a voice along the way. I'm Amber Lydic, and I have been a performance horse trainer focused on behavioral issues for over 20 years. My current passion is creating impactful in-person and online events and collaborating with professionals to be on the leading edge of positive change in the horse industry. We are two friends invested in theta healing, belief system work, animal communication, and any resources that benefit human-animal partnerships. So turn up the volume and let's dive into the Great Awakening, brought to you by Our Horses. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, the first podcast of 2024. How exciting. Mm -hmm. If you missed the last one, we talked a lot about manifestation. We talked about a lot of the offerings we have happening this year. There's a lot of fun links to go and check out. So hit us up on the last episode. Um, I would like to start off today by saying that if your friend doesn't understand when you say, hold on, I'll be on the podcast in a second, but I need to take my chicken up to the light. (laughs) You should not be friends. (laughs) Prior to recording this podcast, I was collecting chicken eggs and one of my chickens was very fat and looking very weird. And I sent a video to Amber and I was like, oh my God, this chicken is twice the size. I'm going to be late to the podcast. I'm going to have to take her up to the light real quick. And we just need friends in our lives that understand that. (laughs) Well, I have questions about the chicken. Um, Did it just get like that or it's always been larger or are these young chickens that are, and now I feel like we need to add in like a clip of that video that you sent me so that people can feel like, they're in on this as well but i i had questions that i didn't that i didn't ask because i knew we were going to see each other but are they young chickens it's just all of a sudden she's larger and inflamed like what's going on they are young but like they've been full grown for a while and she's just all of a sudden larger so i think she's like back well okay so what happened when i took her up into the light (laughs) is that i was figuring out what was wrong with her. And I was like, okay, she's like backed up with a bunch of eggs. And oh. um, I was like, what needs to happen to like, because her her little um, comb on the top of her head is all like flopped over. Mm. And then I saw she has like a little bit of a bacterial imbalance. And I was like, okay, so like what needs, is this ready to shift? And then I was like, okay, I got a yes to that. And then I'm like, it like, I asked something else and I got a no. And I was like, oh, like, why is she not willing to, like, have these eggs? And she said that she feels unappreciated. And I was like, oh, that's really sad because, like, I try – I literally give my ladies worms every day. And I'm like, thank you for your bounty, ladies. And um, actually, I say something that's so childish from a movie. um, Bountiful penis. But anyway, so I, like, I thank them. (laughs) I can't remember what movie it is. But he's like – praying and then I think it was from the Simpsons or something actually and like they were like praying at the table and then like the dad they're like repeating after the dad and then they're like thank you for this bountiful and the the dad's like penis because someone was naked and they're like bountiful penis and it's like stuck with me forever so so you say bountiful penis to the chickens I can't change the way I am. Okay. It's just, <laughs> just there. Um, but anyway, I thank them for their bounty and I give them worms and I put their vitamins in their water and everything. But you know what thought first came to mind and she listens to this podcast. So she's going to be very sad to hear this, but 
a friend of mine, very close friend, I went to her house and I brought four cartons of chicken eggs recently. And her husband was like, no, I don't want these. Like there, he was like, this is way too much eggs. I'm going to give them away. Like do something else with them. I don't want them. And I was like, what? This is like a gift from the ladies. These are like fresh eggs that are going to last a long time. How can you reject these eggs? And that's the first thought that came to mind. They, my friend's husband backed my chicken up. So I had to (laughs) go undo that belief system. (laughs) Oh man. If this isn't any indication of this, this podcast is going to go, it's going to be a wild one. <laughs> it is because I'm going to talk about cats next, um, <laughs> which should be like a very interesting thing. But yeah, so that's the story about the chicken. I put her in the laying box before I came in the house. Last time I was helping a chicken with an egg situation, I massaged them and stuff. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing because she's all large and lethargic and stuff and the whole thing so i'll have to update everyone on the next episode that's <laughs> really uncomfortable i can't even imagine i know i know you saw in the video she's twice the size of the other chickens i, I was like even her neck is big how is this a thing yeah her po- whole body there their whole body's probably going to like some type of inflammatory <laughs> response because it's trying to like inflame to like remove i had this I whole not it's not super recent but it's just been reinforced lately and then i just stand stumbled upon a video this morning where there was a guy talking about um just the inflammatory responses in bodies even cancer and definitely the flu and fevers and stuff like that and having this belief and this automatic response to when that is happening that it's like oh thank goodness my body is clearing out all of this overgrowth or of, you know, this virus that's in there, or this imbalance and it's heating up so that it can clear out and create these new healthy cells and like how cool that is instead of being like, I'm sick. And he was even talking about cancer being something that is in line with those beliefs that he has about, you know, what the body's doing. I'm not going to go into what he was talking about, chemo and all kinds of other things, but that idea that like we should be grateful when moments of inflammation come into our body as an indication of your body's doing what it's a it's supposed to be doing and b the opportunity to be able to ask your body like why did this accumulation come to start to begin with why is this here like what am i missing what do i need to know what do i need to look at what can i clear more of which has kind of been like my vibe lately with i've been posting it also but i feel like when we were talking about doing this manifestation thing, we always have to bump into, well, there's the things that block people from being able to manifest and having these belief systems like tucked away in there and being able to unveil them and release them. And then also going into the receiving mode, which was what Denise was talking about. I feel like we've been talking about since the first elements of connection is Mm -hmm. The whole idea around manifesting is being able to go into the receiving mode. And I feel like if there's not room for all of the things energetically and physically to come in, then you're like a manifesting energetic hoarder. We also just watched hoarders the other night. And it's like you think about that. Like if I'm just collecting all of my old belief systems and all my own like stuff, right? There is no room for the new things, the up leveling of things to come in. 
and the releasing of the the idea and the concept of sickness and releasing other things like old versions of me and my beliefs that I had around worthiness and things that I could handle and could not handle or things I had to be or do to be able to deserve the things that I thought that I was calling in that I wanted. So yeah, inflammation, not so bad, <laughs> a little uncomfortable, but the movement happens. <laughs> I like that thought process too, because when we do have inflammation or discomfort in our bodies, it will totally bring us into the current moment. Like it's one of those things that is reminding us, Hey, you have lacked awareness for however long. And it has turned into sloppy emotions, which has turned into this bacterial infection in your body. And you're feeling all of this. And now you're going to have to be in it and sit in it and find gratitude for, you know, the thing, like the days that you feel better or, you know, cause anytime we're sick, we're like, Oh, I feel so much better today. And it's like this like magical thing that happens. <laughs> and we're like, thank God. Um, but we forget to thank our bodies before we get to that point. And mm -hmm. I have animals say that all the time where they like remind their people to, take care of their bodies when they're in wellness and mm -hmm. when they're serving them, not just when they're unhealthy. And also same thing with nurturing people, loving people when they're not serving you or when we believe they're not serving. Everyone is serving us. Everyone is has a lesson for us and we're calling in these experiences. But when it feels like the person is really pissing you off, <laughs> learning to like love them or the horse or whoever is really making you mad, loving them, even in those moments, not just when, you know, things are going good and you're feeling happy about it. Yeah. It's a whole thing. The whole thing, which kind of segues me into this whole cat, cat <laughs> consciousness that I want to talk about for this episode. <laughs> so as you guys know, Amber and I are launching our manifesting magic thing, and there's a lot of energy around manifesting right now. We're at the beginning of the year. Everybody's thinking about their goals. I shouldn't say everybody, but probably most people. <laughs> um, and dang it, said um, we're trying to cut out filler words right now. And we <laughs> talked about this before the episode where we are trying not to say like and um, and I have literal anxiety. Like my heart <laughs> is like pounding because I can't feel myself about to say it. And then I'm like, what do I say instead? <laughs> so bear with us. This episode is first one of the year. First one of the year. We're really setting the tone here. <laughs> well, usually I added them out in the last episode we had about 67,000 edits and I was like wow what would it be like if we could speak from a place of just really intentional words right and we were also talking about not to go away from the cat consciousness because we're definitely coming back to that but since we started talking about this I realized even when we were speaking about it before it was like when do these words come in and I went up into like my brain Rolodex and I feel like it's when we're trying to like shuffle through the words that we're going to pick next and then um or like comes out in the middle of that. So it's interesting how as humans we feel like we need to fill the space with something even in a sentence, right? Like it's like why can't we just be with the thought and wait for it to come to us without having to go and um uh, uh, <laughs> and smash a bunch of words in between interesting it's very interesting 
That's so true. And that just gave me a little flashback to my sessions because people will ask me a question and instead of just closing my eyes, I'll be like, um, let me see. <laughs> like it totally is one of those things where I I use a filler word because I don't want people to feel awkward because it's going to take me a second to like get the answer to the question. So I will put a little filler in the silence, which is so interesting. And I have trained myself to go through my sessions extremely quickly, which is why I record them because there's no way people could write as fast as I talk. And <laughs> I've had people tell me to slow down before. And I'm like, no, I can't. Like, this is just how my sessions go. They're just very fast. And they're, I want you to like, I want you to have like five pages of notes <laughs> at the end of our session. And so I'm just going to say everything I need to say. So if there is a pause, it feels so long to me compared <laughs> to like how fast the information is like flowing in my brain. So yeah. Anyway, that's, we're trying to be more <laughs> conscious about that. Let us know if you guys have even noticed them. I'm sure that you can't edit out every single one of them or our conversation would sound weird. When we do use those filler words, it's always in between two thoughts. And so it actually, people probably don't even notice. It's very, Oh wow! The transitions are very smooth, but that's how I know it's like when we're like, yeah, and that's mine and yours is, um, <laughs> mine's a long and and yours is a long, um, I know that because I edit the podcast. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's great. Just interesting. Uh, I'm going to come up with another word. Anyway, that's going to be my new <laughs> word. Anyway. Back to the cat collective. So it started with me trying to locate this cat. And if you guys know anything about me, I really do not like finding lost animals. It's not my forte. I also have this deep sense of knowing that animals are never really lost. And that's not to say that they don't want to find their way back home or that they don't like the people that they left from. And sometimes, you know, like, a so for instance, like the cat that I was looking for, was a house cat and the door blew open and she got out and then she was quote lost. And when I asked her, do you want to find your way back home? She said yes to that, but she didn't have this sense of urgency about her. She didn't have a sense of fear. And this is such a big topic because we could obviously go into, like, they don't know how to get food. Well, cats, cats are actually really resourceful. Like this cat showed up at my house and I gave him tuna immediately. So like they're very resourceful <laughs> and if they, and dogs too, like dogs can come up if they're brave enough, they will come up to random people and they will ask for food and stuff like that. It's a whole big topic, but the vibe that I wanted to get to behind this is that no animal is really ever truly lost just as no human is ever really truly lost. And that's something that I've been really diving into lately with um, Amber and I's Theta healing teacher, Rochelle. She is helping me kind of navigate the feelings around loss and like being lost or feeling lost. And I started working with this cat and she was like, I'll come back when I'm ready. She showed me exactly what the property looked like before the person sent me the map and was like, I'm in this drainage ditch. There's other cats. There's a gray tabby cat. <laughs> there's this and that. All these things that could validate for the person. Yes, this is true. Sagebrush, like the direction of the property. 
Um, and the person was like, yep, like I totally have been looking there. And she was like, okay, I'll come back when I'm ready. Like, yes, I want to come back, but this <laughs> is what I'm doing right now. And the day after I rehomed Clyde, I had been talking about cats like all week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I miss my cat. They're so cuddly. They're good for the soul. Like, I really want that, like the love of a cat. And the day after I rehomed Clyde, I was outside and a black cat just comes jaunting over to me and is like meowing his little face off. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And immediately I'm like, oh, poor you, you're lost. And he was like, well, I'm not lost. Like you asked, I'm here to deliver. Like you said that you needed a snuggle. I'm here. Give me some tuna and I'll be on my way. And (laughs) it was so funny because I went inside. I was like, you need to hang out here. I'm going to bring you some tuna. And when I get back, like you better still be here. And so, and cause I was thinking, oh, this is my cat. He's meant to live with me. <laughs> wow. How crazy. I have like a nine animal quota and I went outside, he ate, and then he like snuggled me for like five minutes and I went to like pick him up and he was like, <laughs> like he like yelled at me and I was like, oh, sorry, dude. And I set him down and he literally like jaunted away and looked back at me and was like, had enough. Like he totally knew. <laughs> He was coming to fulfill that. So if we're talking about manifestation, right? Here's this cat who I who I've now seen twice, like in another neighborhood. I'm like, oh my God, he really gets around. Um, he knows exactly where he's going. So my vibrational energy that I put out there was I really miss the feeling of the feeling that a snuggly cat can give me. Like they're just warm and happy and like cuddly. And he literally came and for five minutes gave me that feeling. And the cat has his own manifestation, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't want, like, I noticed immediately that he had these big old balls. And I was like, you need to go to the vet and get those chopped off. And (laughs) he was like, no, that's not what I want. That's not part of my vibrational energy. I (laughs) am wild and free. I know exactly where I am. I came for some tuna and a snuggle, came to match vibrations with you. And now I'm on my way. And I just think it's so interesting because... When I asked the cat collective this morning, so I was thinking about him and I was like, why do animals get lost? And then why do animals leave and they come up to people like that and then they leave again? And the cat, especially cats, cats are so good about that. Like there's literally feral cat colonies that people will just bring bags of food to and feed them. Yeah, my aunt does that. Yeah, worship their little feline bodies and like can't even pet them or anything. (laughs) And they just they just know how to call in like animals so funny because like the humans get stuck in the asking phase we're like I want this and then I want this and then I want this and then I'll be happy and then when it doesn't happen we ask for all these other things and the universe is like okay pick one and get in the receiving mode (laughs) animals are like I would like some tuna pate today and then they just go into the receiving mode and (laughs) sure enough someone drives by sees them and brings them a can of tuna (laughs) so when I was talking to the cat collective and I was like why why do you believe that like this is a thing and they were like well we're braver than wild animals and if we weren't out here like humans wouldn't have their manifestations met like they have a purpose on this earth as feral animals as quote maybe once lost animals maybe not lost at all to align with the energy that people are putting out there also to embody 
the great awakening, really, if we want to loop that in, like you are not entitled to my body, you can enjoy what I would like to give you. And then I'm going to be on my way. And I think as humans, we're like, I need to provide for you, we need to make sure you're vaccinated, we need to make sure you're this and that and neutered and all this stuff. And we have all these beliefs around like what we should do to these animals in order to make them a functional part of this world. And the cats are like, look, you're lucky to have us like, I'm I'm amazing. So I just thought that was kind of cool to bring in because that little cat was so clear about that. Like he was like, I'm not coming here to be your little pet to where you tell me like when I can go inside and when I can't. No, you asked for a snuggle and that was it. You better be more clear so someone else can come if that's what you want. And you know what's interesting too about cats is that people are so triggered by them. Like there's either people that love cats, but then there's people that like, Cats are so, you know, we say cat people versus dog people label them as like demanding or, you know, like, like standoffish or, you know what I mean? Where dogs are just a little bit, they're just different, you know, it's like a totally different vibe, but it's interesting in how you can't really control them. Like you can, you know, manipulate a dog to listen or to learn tricks and stuff. And I think that's probably why they're a little bit more triggering for people because, they can't really get their needs met like they want to as easily as they could with like a dog or a horse or something that's a little bit more, I want to say, forgiving or <laughs> like lenient or I don't know the word, something that leaves a little bit more space for us to be humans and with all of our stuff where cats are like, no, no, thank you. I'm I'm done now. Like they'll just bite you and claw you and walk away <laughs> when they're done being pet. I had a savage cat when I was little, who actually, come to think of it, was a stray. And we were staying with my uncle in LA and I had to stay there for like a week with my grandparents because he went out of town and he had animals we had to take care of. And me being like a feral child, I was just like tromping around his apartment complex. And he has like, there's just a, it was it's in like the kind of by Griffith Park. And so there's a lot of wildlife and then a lot of like houses right next to each other. And there was all of these wild cats. And there was this one white cat. She had two night and a blue eye. And I was like, you're coming with me for sure. I'd seen it was feral, but it was hungry. So I would feed it. And every day I would like feed it close. And I lured it into this big stairwell of the apartment complex. And I trapped it in there and then ended up somehow, I don't remember the details of how this all transpired, but we definitely drove home with that cat in a cat in a cat container thingy um, kennel. And I ended up having it back at my house in Santa Maria, living at my grandma's house. And it was an indoor outdoor cat. And she ended up having kittens in my sleeping bag. Like I had a sleeping bag in my room and it was open and I would like, I had this window and she had kittens and then she was never fixed. Like she'd just go do whatever she wanted. She was beautiful and her name was Jem. And that cat would be super sweet and then just like freaking flip on you and draw blood. Like she was so unpredictable, mostly probably because she was like a street cat. And I took her and I tried to domesticate her. <laughs> but like I loved her <laughs> and I was bloody all the time. But like that was the vibe. Like she's like, I'm I'm ready to be pet. And then she would be all nice and she'd be like, done. <laughs> like out <laughs> like mm-hmm. i don't know so i don't know i feel like maybe for the people that are out there wanting their needs met in a more more controlled manner <laughs> then probably cats are not 
the way to go and is why they're probably like golden retriever people. (laughs) (laughs) Different kind of people. Seriously. Cats are awesome and they're like so resourceful and they live in their little colonies and they just do their thing. I don't know. They're super cool. I just thought it was kind of cool that the little cat collective came to me lately. Dogs are definitely more forgiving, more willing to be domesticated. They're just more like their loyalty lies with humans for whatever reason. Well, it's because it's bred into them, their generational stuff. Whereas cats, like their loyalty lies within themselves and within like their little pack. Usually cats are like very attached to another cat or they're territorial and they're like, my loyalty is with me. (laughs) Be in my land. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're so territorial. My mom has, we have those cats because we had that rodent issue for a hot minute. It was real bad. And if anyone follows me on um, Instagram or Facebook, my stories, you will have had seen the rodent issue that we were having. They were brave rats. They were brave and they did not care. And they were cute, which was weird. But my mom got these uh, from one of those feral cat projects where they trap them and they neuter them and spay them. And then they adopt them out as like feral cats. Like you're not going to be able to pet these cats. They don't meow. They don't anything. They're sketchy as fuck. They're kittens. We got them. We released them into our barn and got a cat door for them so they could go in and out. We have a huge space in there rat problem gone and my mom feeds them in the mornings um just a little bit just to make sure that they're eating which we live on a huge property they are eating but um (laughs) they can't come out during the day because the dogs chase them at night it's a little sketchy because there's coyotes like they're contending with a lot they've been around a while now though (sighs) my mom went out of town i don't ever see the cats i don't do deal with them they're like little vampires so i had to feed them so i go in the morning and these things are meowing and coming up to me and rubbing their bodies on my leg. And I was like, the only hope that these cats had at survival were being quite as feral as they are. And now they are talking and rubbing themselves. Like, you can't pet them. Well, I think she can now. But the lady at the adoption place was like, you will never, you will never be able to have these as pets. So don't get these with any sort of, you know, my mom was like, okay, we don't need them to be pets. And then made it her like life goal. To pet these cats and <laughs> she just freaking loves them she's like, oh they're so cute i love them and i'm like that's where everything always goes wrong you're getting too attached dude i wouldn't do it and the only one i really liked we used to call him hissy pants he was the only boy there used to be three of them there's two now it would end up in my yard and a couple times i flipped my light on and looked down and it was at my doorstep and it would hiss at you <laughs> it would come here to my house and hiss at me but i loved him and um, he got hit by a car and died on our property. So we ended oh. up. I know. And it's because I think it's because I named him Hizzy Pants and I really liked him. That's why when the animals are out here doing their thing, I'm like, nope, you don't get a name and I'm not going to like you that much. And it's for your own survival. <laughs> I just have a belief. Oh, that my I- gosh. <laughs> yeah. Holy responsibility belief. God, <laughs> could you say that any more clear? <laughs> it's right around the same time. Rocco got tetanus and there's bacterial infections everywhere. Who knows? <laughs> I named you, and therefore, when you die, it's my fault. <laughs> so the belief is not, when I it needs to be clear. They die. That's really sad. That's probably why I don't have cats. That is sad. That's that's okay that I can live without cats. <laughs> oh no. Oh gosh, what a weird episode. Well, so weird. Any of this resonated with you guys. Let us know. Surely. <laughs> I, I, 
I feel like lost animals. I don't know why I wanted to talk about. Well, yes, I do. Because I was doing the healing stuff with Rochelle and it was around like, I hate being lost. And the hard thing about that is that I have no directional awareness whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, because side note to all those out there that don't know Shaylee, because I knew her until I drove in a freaking car with her, with her navigation system on. Here she says this. These words are being spoken into existence publicly, that she hates being lost. Hear that. She hates being lost, yet she shuts off her navigation system a good 10 minutes before we get where we're going and tries to use her intuition to get there. So yeah, I think maybe you need to dive deeper in that because I was like, did you just shut, did you shut the map off? With, do, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> that was North Carolina. Then I turn it back on and I'm like, oh, whoops, we passed it 10 minutes ago. We got to make a little loop around. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's another reason why to have that you have friends who understand you and love you for you because not only that but I don't know if you guys remember or if we even talked about this but my key fob was all fucked up (laughs) when I picked Amber up and she had to sit in my car with Sage and Arlo while the thing dinged and we went to like five different places to find a battery for it and we just drove around aimlessly like it, it was a whole it was a whole shit show and she was just like okay and we had no food and <laughs> we ended up getting like a bag of Lay's chips so that we could both function to get to Stacia's house and it was a hot mess but yeah I absolutely hate being lost I have no directional awareness and also I'm very terrible with like numbers and distances but it'll be like in one mile your destination is on the left and I'm like good enough I feel like I can eyeball a mile like that should be good <laughs> Even though I miss the streets all the time. So I really don't know. I think it's like my adventurous side really fighting with the side of me that lost a few brain cells in this lifetime. I don't know because I, yeah. So, but I'm here to tell you guys that lost animals are never lost. Even if they do want to go home, someone's going to come on here and say that, how do I want to say this? <laughs> uh, someone is going to listen to this episode and be like, that is not true. Animals, like disasters happen. Things happen to where animals can truly get lost. Like they can get let out if a farm sitter is watching them and run away or someone can get in a car accident and they can get lost there and not know how to find their way back home. Yes, they can be physically separated from you and not find their way back home. And they can be scared and experience all the emotions that we experience too when we're in a situation like that where we don't know where we are and there's new surroundings and there's a lot of change. But one of the reasons why I don't really help people find animals that are lost is because there's so much discord and disconnect in the beliefs around the suffering of an animal that is not under our human care. And it's just, it's so complicated and so complex. But what I will say to kind of close out the conversation is that I've never spoken to an animal that was separated from their human partners and not knowing how to find their way back home that was in significant distress 
maybe some physical stuff going on, but they always have this understanding of this is my situation now. This is where I was. This is where I'm going. And they never feel like they're just kind of like, yep, here I am. Like I'm at this location and I'll be back. Or they say like, I'm trapped. Like I need someone to get me. I'm kind of stuck. Like I talked to a horse one time um, that had been lost for a while. And I just got this sense that it was just right on the other side of the fence. I was like, this horse is stuck in a thicket. It's on the other side of the fence. It's like a boggy area. And when they finally found the horse, the horse had like eaten down all this stuff in like a little round pin radius and was stuck right on the other side of the fence. Never neighed. That's another thing too. People are like, can you just tell them to call out for me? And I'm like, they just don't do that. Like, they're not like, hey, like someone help me because they get into this space and they're like, this is my reality. What do I need to do to survive right now? What do I need to do to just like, I don't know. The horse was literally just eating and sleeping (laughs) and doing its thing and never called out for anybody. And that's a really hard concept for people to understand. Like, why won't my dog do this? Like, why won't my dog bark if I'm in the woods and they can hear me? Why won't my cat meow for me? And sometimes they do. But for the most part, they are living in the moment and they are looking at what they're currently faced with. And they're saying, how can I make the most out of this situation? (laughs) What are the needs that I have right now? And how can I fill them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also it's that thing where you feel like, well, if you can communicate with animals, can't you tell them to do this X, Y, Z? It's like they still have free will and they still get to decide whether or not they do the thing. And I think for some reason that never really clicked in my brain until I was like friends with you. (laughs) And I get to have conversations with you all the time. And so I really was like, well, duh, like, why is it any different from anything else? It's like you can tell a person, hey, go do this thing. And they can say no. And the animals are just the same. Like, they don't have to. Um, just because you command them to, because it would be best suited for you, doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And what, too, if you're looking for, and, and this is usually the advice that I give people when they're wanting an animal to come back to them after they've been separated, an animal is going to almost always choose, well, they're always going to choose a higher vibration. So if traipsing around in the woods and exploring feels like a higher vibration than all this worry that they're feeling in this place, even if they know how to get home, if you are so beside yourself that your animal is not around and you're like, I don't know what they're like, are they dead? Are they alive? Are they this? Are they that? you're putting out that vibrational frequency of like worry and fear and all this other stuff. And your animal is going to be like, whoa, something's (laughs) going on over there. Like, I'm not going to go over there. That's sketch. So what's best to do is to meditate and visualize your property, your house, a tree on your property, whatever, as the brightest light in the entire vicinity, like for miles and just focus on that and just hone in on that feeling of love and safety and positive energy, whatever it feels like to you and surround yourself in your home with that. And just know that if it's, if it's in the highest and best good of your animal, they will find that light and they, they almost always will. So little tidbit. Perfect. Okay. Well, this was a wild episode that went in every direction (laughs) possible. 
nutmegs nuts we're rolling rolling wild and free today um if you guys liked anything in this episode please like it share it let us know that you liked it we're gonna work on the likes and the ums for 2024 shaley's screen is clear we both are using our microphones i mean we are we are we're really moving in the right direction (laughs) and if, (laughs) if you guys are um you guys have been listening since the beginning thank you for your support hope that these uh, are serving you well and also if you're watching and listening to this in real time then you will be watching and listening to this on saturday and you will have precisely three days to sign up at the discounted rate for our manifesting magic in 2024 little program we got going on um, so we'll put the link in the show notes and manifesting magic is the coupon code for your $20 off. Uh, that is until Monday at midnight. And then the price goes up for the remainder, rem- remainder, remainder of the <laughs> of enrollment being open until that next Friday. So get in there and get over there. We have our members who are already participating in it and it's so much fun and you guys should be in it and something you can do all year long. So do that. All right. See you guys later. See ya.